Welcome to the Who's He podcast with me, Phil. Me, Paul. And this week we've got a very special guest. It's Martin from the Bad Wolf podcast. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'll say that again. Good afternoon to you, sir. <laughs> Put me bloody teeth in. Christ, how are you anyway, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You? Yes, yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. All raring to go. Raring to go. Excellent. Yes, yeah, glad to have you back on the show, mate. It's great to be back. Fantastic. That's what we like to hear. Glad you... You kept the chair warm for me. Ah, oh, that's it. Well, we kicked Tony out, and <laughs> <laughs> we sort of tell him he's keeping it warm for you now. So, <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> right, well, dear listeners, we, um, as promised uh, last week, this time we're going to wrap up our retrospective of the 2009 specials with a look back at the end of time part two. Um, and if anything, um, it's going to be anything like last week. You know what to expect, really. So. <laughs> Right, so shall we... Well, there is some news this week, but one prop, sort of proper news item and then one sort of tenuous link, really, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Right, well, in um, Doctor Who magazine this week, there was a little um, snippet about um, General Louise Coleman's character. Now, obviously, there's no, still no uh, name or where she comes from or anything like that, as you would expect, and we wouldn't tell you that on here anyway. Um, but all she... Sort of says there's a little sort of snippet from the interview here. She says she knows what her introduction is. Um, she has a general idea of where they're going to go with the character. There's definitely a story arc. Um, it's she says it sounds really interesting, really exciting. Um, she says they don't think they've done anything like this before. Lots of secrets and intrigue, and it's going to throw and confuse a lot of people and surprise a lot of people. So, so what do we make of that? Yeah. <laughs> a theory I had that she's the original owner of the TARDIS mm. and I thought maybe she's still in the TARDIS yeah because they keep saying it's where they, the Doctor least expects to meet somebody to meet somebody yeah could be couldn't it mm. or maybe it's just somebody who's still away in the TARDIS now, we haven't had a stowaway since Adric, have we? No, no. No, I don't think we have. Look hmm. how well that turned out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, God, yes. Yeah. yeah, let's not jinx this now, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The other thing as well is that there's definitely a story arc which seems to fly in the face of what Stephen Moffat's said so far. But it's just an yeah. arc for her character rather than a Yeah, I mean, it could be a story arc, arc for the character in the same way as Ace had one. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably probably more realistic. Yeah, which could be really good. Mm. Actually, yeah, so, yeah. Because so, I was watching um, Curse of Fenric. Brilliant story. That's it probably is probably my favourite McCoy. It's really good. Um, but just that bit when Fenric, um, sort of more or less, sort of taunts Ace and saying, "Oh, the Doctor's been sort of playing you all this time." And he mentions all the previous stories, and it all comes together. Yeah, yeah. In that final episode, and I just begin to wonder. Yeah, maybe they are doing something like that then. Well, she has said she is in the 50th anniversary episode. Oh, so they've been planning well ahead then. Because mm. mm. um, I think it's Lizo Manumbo, is that his name? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was interviewing her and he said, so you're going to be the companion for the 50th anniversary then? And she said, yes. Oh, I wonder if she's meant to say that. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, well done, Lizo, or Lizo, your name is. <laughs> he's got a bit quiet because he used to do a lot of stuff, didn't he? He did, yeah. His Twitter feed used to be um, just chocolate block, but sometimes it's weeks between him tweeting. Yeah. But anything Doctor Who related, he's in there. So. Oh, these people who just don't tweet anything, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> take notes, Paul, take notes. Look, <laughs> <laughs> I've passed 100 now. <laughs> 100 tweets? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this calls for celebration. <laughs> We'll go to the pub later on, that's it. Nice. <laughs> yes, it, that's an excuse. <laughs> I'll stay here and keep Tony's seat warm. Oh, actually, well, you can keep Tony's seat warm in the pub if you like, because he might not be coming. So. <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> oh, dear. 
Yeah, Tone, actually, Tone, you're not listening. Tone, we've been down the pub, mate. <laughs> <laughs> He'll probably pitch up tonight now. Yeah, now the... Um, so, obviously, the other little thing that's been sort of tweeting around is that people are sort of thinking that the clothes that... Or the, the jumper, I should say, that um, General Louise is wearing on the front of Doctor Who magazine um, seems to suggest that she's from... Her character is from the 1950s or the 1960s. Um until you quite rightly pointed out, um, Martin. Yeah, at the official convention, somebody asked Moffat, is that is she in character in that picture? And he said, no, that they are her own clothes. That's how she turned up for the publicity photo. Much how when Matt Smith first had his picture taken in front of the TARDIS, mm. he was in his own clothes. Yeah, because everyone seemed to think, oh, that's the new costume. Yeah, yeah. They? Yeah. Um, and the strike where they're thinking about the... Oh, what they call it, the emo look. Yeah, yeah. Or something, yeah. So, uh, yeah, how, look how wide of the mark they were there. <laughs> Crikey. I love it when, when fans start speculating, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, well, did you see Edward Russell's tweet? Ah. Uh, hey, it's about... I um, did, actually. Moffat posted a, a pic of, I don't know how much you want to say. Actually, no, they've officially said this about the Daleks. Oh, right, go on, go on. So, yeah, yeah um... Well, it's a picture of Matt and Karen with one of the 60s Daleks. Oh, that's right, yeah. And then um, Edward Russell said he had just witnessed somebody um, see the picture, make up a story, and decide he didn't like it in 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fans, please, please (laughs) calm down. (laughs) It's just a publicity photograph. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's fans fans like that that make me ashamed of being a Doctor Who fan. I oh, know they get so. I mean, everyone's a little bit possessive to, about the show to a, a you know a certain degree, but Christ, some people do take it to the you know the, to the. Oh, it's beyond extremes, isn't it? You know, it's their, yeah, it's yeah. their life. You know, I don't want to sort of. <laughs> I don't like rubbishing fans. You know, each their own and everything, but you know, just get some perspective on life. That's all. <laughs> There's more important things to worry about than what the new companion's wearing. <laughs> Don't slag off your audience. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help myself. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. Yeah. So if you're a Doctor Who fan, just turn off now. That was the yeah, la- yeah. That was the last of the present series of Hootie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right, before I sort of, um, <laughs> sort of insult anyone else who, who might be listening... Um, Paul, you had some tenuous news, didn't you? Yes. Yes. Just, just, just I don't know. This is, this is solid information. Um, this is this is what they want, and it wants. <laughs> this is this is what the average Doctor Who fan wants. Um, <laughs> YouGov apparently did a survey, which obviously is 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 what they do, um, and obviously it's a slow week for them as well, because <laughs> they surveyed people on who do they think that fictional characters would vote for if there was a general election now. And one of the fictional characters, of course, was the Doctor. And <laughs> of the people surveyed, the top answer for them, it sounds like family fortunes, what was the top <laughs> answer? The top answer was Green with 23%, Conservative Liberal Democrats coming in with 16%, and Labour 10%. Uh, 28% voted they would said they he wouldn't vote, which seemed to miss the point of actually joining in on this. Um <laughs> And 1% said BNP, which I'm not quite sure where they <laughs> lined that one up from. Should I do the Family Fortunes noise for that <laughs> yeah, one? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting, though, that only makes him half as racist as Postman Pat or Fireman Sam, who both thought 2% would, vo- would vote See, BNP. On I knew one. it. They had a look about on those two. White, they do, su- don't... white supremacist, the pair of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sam never looked at Trevor rightly, did he? He didn't know. <laughs> oh dear! You should have seen what t- he only took to half of Jess, didn't he? Pat, he did, yeah. <laughs> and Bella's not in the new Fireman Sam, so yeah, maybe. Ah, there you go. You see, racist the pair of them. <laughs> there was actually there was no letters in the back of his van, just full of white hoods and crosses. <laughs> <laughs> You see, that's what you never saw on camera. That was that was for a different audience altogether. <laughs> How do we know the cat's really he's? He could have kidnapped it, couldn't he? I think he did. He must have done. 
He, was... <laughs> he, probably, he probably racially abused it on a daily basis, didn't he? <laughs> Something to focus his hatred on. Exactly, yeah. That's it. As soon as that car door was closed, <laughs> that was it. He, he gave it both barrels. Poor cat. <laughs> Ah, oh, right. Any any other tenuous uh, news this week, or or, or, or um, <laughs> which characters are racist or anything? <laughs> no, I, well, I think that's it for me. <laughs> All right, cool. Oh, good. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad you've. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that to the table, Paul. That's um, that's just shattered everyone's illusions. About it. <laughs> that's, all those people's childhoods have just been ruined now by the fact. <laughs> The Doctor is only 1% racist. <laughs> okay, then. Right, well, let's wrap this up then. So for another week, that was the news. Okay, right. It's time to crack on with our retrospective of the um, end of the 2009 specials, which is the end of time part two, um, which also sees the end of the 10th Doctor. So, um, Martin, you're you're our very special guest. That, would you like to kick off? Oh Christ! <laughs> <laughs> That's his review. That's your review. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just awful. Yep. Just an awful, awful episode. And I remember being really excited about this two-parter because you were essentially getting two Christmas specials. Yep, you certainly were. You certainly and yeah, it was just awful. Two very disappointing Christmas specials. Yeah, I remember. <clears throat> I remember going on Facebook and saying I haven't been this disappointed since the Phantom Menace. Ooh, that's disappointed. But the most frustrating thing is there's moments of brilliance in this. Any scene between Bernard Cribbins and David Tennant is just fantastic. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. It was the, it was the yeah. same in the first episode as well. Every time yeah. the pair were on screen together. Or just Cribbins on his own, for that matter. You know, the talk, the talk when they were sitting on the ship. Yeah. When it was without any power. Yeah. Just them two talking then was probably the highlight of it. Well, it makes you think whether, whether that has come out sort of like the original idea that Ross T. Davies had for it, because it was meant to be a bit of a quieter ending for the Doctor. It's meant to be. I think the original story was he's meant to be trapped on a on a ship. And he mm. just sacrificed his life to save one person, and I think that was that was meant to be like a more of a small, more intimate episode. Oh right, okay. And I'd wished he'd done that. <laughs> and then we got the most overblown thing instead. Yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't read the updated writer's tale that has the Christmas specials in it, so I might actually go back and get that. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I've got the original one, but I, I don't really want to replace it. A, a because mm. my wife bought it for me for Christmas, and, and B she got Russell T Davis and Ben Cook to sign it for me oh, as well. Fantastic! Yeah, so um, I don't, I really, I'm really loath to part with that. So. Yeah, I'll, I think I'll keep both, but I wanted to get the second one when it came out. Yeah, but she said to me, "Well, I brought you that first one for Christmas. You're not buying the same book twice." <laughs> yeah, I think I had a similar sort of conversation actually. <laughs> so, any well, going off topic, I don't know why they couldn't have just brought out two books. Yeah, because it's an extra 300 pages or something, isn't it? That's enough for a book. It is. I don't know why they couldn't have done that. <sighs> but, uh, well, con more money out of us, that's what. <laughs> that's what it is. But, um, yeah, so go, going back, I remember... Um, actually, I'll ask you first, um, Paul, when you if you can think that far back, when you originally watched this... When, when I was a boy, you mean? When you were, when, yeah, when you were a nipper, <laughs> right? Um <laughs> Hiding behind the sofa. I hate that expression because no one, no one ever did that. Um, what, what did you think at the time? Did you think that, like Martin, were you disappointed or were you sort of caught up in the in the moment, as it were? Um, I I think disappointed. I mean, I think uh, yeah, because we the last thing we'd seen was Waters of Mars, wasn't it? So we thought, mm. oh, this is return to form. Yeah, and looking forward to it, and the Time Lords were coming back, and all that, but I think yeah. After the first episode, I don't think there was there was any disappointment. After just after the second episode, I think the first episode truly put this one in its place. So yeah, we knew pretty yeah. much what to expect with this the second bit. Well, things I know people absolutely adore these two episodes. 
they're wrong. <laughs> they're wrong. Oh, they are, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I no, would I mean, make them shame them, but I, I don't <laughs> want to do that to them. Oh, no, I mean, you know, there's, there's, you know, horses for courses and all that. I mean, there's bound to be people who enjoy it. It's just we're three people who who, who don't, I think, we're probably in the, in the majority there, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I must admit, I was sort of reading the forums afterwards, and there were a lot of people getting quite um, angry about this final episode. Yeah, yeah. Um Especially well, still now, still now. Well, well, we're talking about it nearly three years later. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, no, there were people sort of because um, I think around about that time there was this whole thing about that the BBC was under really close scrutiny about, um, or that's when it really started, where about the BBC being under close scrutiny about the license fee and what they were spending it on, etc., etc. And people started lumping this into it as well. Um, Basically, because yeah. if we skip forward to the ending, it was like a big um, goodbye, not just to the Tenth Doctor, but to all the companions, the actors, basically the production team, everybody. And you had as many endings as you did in Return of the King, <laughs> didn't you? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and that's what got people of the forms I read. That's what got people angry. They they wasted their license fee on on this and. You know, on, on a waste of a, like a ten-minute ending, and it was such a waste of money. I thought, well, well, calm down a little bit. You know, okay, it wasn't that; it wasn't great, but you I know. have to say, I have to say at this point, I actually do quite like the endings. I didn't mm. mind some of them. Some of them. Mm. I, thought, I, I just thought, yeah, fair enough. It was a sort of nice way to say this was it. I mean, obviously, they Stephen Moffat. Had, He'd obviously knew Stephen Moffat was going to go off and do completely his own thing with it. Mm. Yeah, so it was yeah. likely to be the last time these characters would would appear. Well, I know we're sort of getting ahead of ourselves here because we've already we've already skipped right to the end. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did think that was the best bit when it ended. Yeah, see <laughs> when he turned into Matt Smith. Yeah. Uh, um, who thought that the the idea of Mickey and Martha Jones? being married was a little bit ridiculous. I thought that was a bit forced. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, they yeah, could it rounded just up been... the two of them together, didn't it? Rather than having to see yeah. do separate scenes for both. Well, the thing is they could have just been colleagues. Yeah. Fighting freelance. Yeah. Which is what so. they were. Then, then he had to make them married as well. Yeah. It's yeah. like, he, it's like he didn't know when to stop RTD, did he? <laughs> so it really... had to be one happy couple. Well, yeah. I guess he wanted to round it back up because then it was Smith and Jones oh, again. I, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's another another terrible pun like last week's Master Race one as well. <laughs> but you know what? The thing that really struck me watching these is, like you said, that how big the budget was. Mm. With the special effects. And I think now in Moffat's series, we rarely get a shot in the time vortex. That's true. We don't, do we? I mean, usually they find out where they're going before the credits, and yeah. then they have the credits, and then you see them arrive. That's quite true, think, actually. Yeah. I think in series five, it was the Pandora opens before we actually got a time vortex shot. Because yeah, they just seem to reuse the same shots usually, don't they, for the time vortex? Yeah, yeah. It makes yeah. They, they maybe they don't. Then maybe there are subtle variations. Well, that's interesting, actually. It never occurred to me. Yeah, I just think it's it's purely to do with budget. Yeah, I mean that's CGI costs a lot of money. Oh yeah. So, well, apparently it's, it's the actual um, what do they call it? the rendering time or something, isn't it? Or the processing time that that's what costs the money. Yeah. Rather, yeah. rather than actually someone designing it, it's how it's the the time it takes for their systems to actually process what they've created, and I think that's meant to be the expensive bit. Yeah. From what my my limit, very limited understanding of it. Uh, where, yeah, where I have a very limited understanding. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, I mean, if anyone, if, so if anyone can correct us on that, you know, please, please write in. But uh, yeah, please do. Yeah, um, but the other thing, as, as, I think, that the other people we said goodbye to. Obviously, there was um, Donna again. I didn't mind Donna's send off. Well, that sort of did come full circle, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. The first thing was the first time you see her. She's 
wedding, isn't it? Yeah, dragged um, away from her wedding. So, but I, I did like the the fact that the doctor had gone back in time to borrow a quid off of her dad. <laughs> that was sweet. That was sweet because yeah. it, it, it was sort of like you know, he, he made it possible for her dad to give her a wedding present. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was also a nice little touch to the actor. Yeah, because the actor playing her dad died before they started filming series four. Oh no, he did actually film some scenes, didn't he? He did, yeah, and then they replaced him with yeah, Bernard. With Cribbins. Bernard Cribbins, yeah, it was because um, because at the you see him at the um, I think it's in Confidential, you see him at the read through, and he he didn't look well. No, not he at all. really didn't look well. Um, no, poor guy. But um, but I mean, fair play to him. He, he he tried to sort of battle through it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, and recall some scenes. Just it's just a shame he he didn't. Um, it was just too ill to continue. Yeah, it's a shame. It is a shame, but um, but then um, the one that always makes you laugh is the the Jessica Hines, the very, <laughs> the very inhuman character. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it's just that bit that makes me laugh when she's signing the Doctor's book and actually writing in the book. Yeah, the pen. Yeah, you that. can see the pen's about a centimeter above the bloody above the page. <laughs> yeah, you just think why 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 could I, why they just couldn't have actually just put a piece stuck a piece of paper on there for her to write on. Yeah, I oh, know. It just seems a ridiculous thing that sort of. I know the budget's tight, but bloody hell, <laughs> crikey! It's That's it, why I mean, we can't have any shots in the title. <laughs> and it's not. It's not even as if like then you saw the open page with the words what she'd written yeah, on. Was yeah. there? It was just you know. So she could have just carried. She could have scribbled on that bit of paper for as much as they needed. Every shot they needed. Well, maybe they just couldn't afford the ink for the pen. That's probably <laughs> what it was. Maybe that's what it was. But... Or maybe they didn't want to upset a union. They didn't know whether the pen was a prop or a real pen. <laughs> and whether she'd have to have a writing credit or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, then we get to um, Rose at the very end as well. Um, and I just thought, we've, we've... And it's at the time I thought this, we've already said goodbye to Rose. Yeah, yeah. How many that, how many more goodbyes does that character need? If anything, that was the one I could have done without. Yeah. Yeah. So and the fact that Billy Piper looked five years older as well. It, she did. <laughs> she did she looked a lot thinner as well for that. For, she did, yeah. Uh for that matter. So um but again it was just sort of I don't know what it was about Russell T. Davis and that character. He couldn't let go. Maybe it's because it was the first character he created for Doctor Who. I don't know. It's got to be, but I mean, I mean, I, I mean, he was certainly very much in love with that character. I certainly wasn't. Come the end, anyway. I, I, I suppose yeah. at the end of that, that was just a nod back to two thousand and five. That was really his saying goodbye. So that yeah, I I more more Russell T Davies saying goodbye to the series than yeah. The Doctor saying goodbye to anybody there, wasn't it? The, the fact that it was going back to completing the circle to 2005. And I think that's yeah. what's yeah. saying, starting this again, sort of thing. I think that's what got people annoyed, as I said, on, on, on those forums. You know, because I say it was RTD saying goodbye yeah. more than anything else, wasn't it? Basically, this was a whole farewell to David Tennant. Oh, that's yeah. how it came across to me. It, it, yeah, I don't know. Not so much the character; it was all about the actor. Oh, definitely. And how he was going to be missed. So I think at this at this point, um, if if we if we stop at, at the, um, the 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 actor leaving, if if because I think that'd probably be better to talk about right right at the end. Okay. Because I think that's probably a good a good thing to talk about. Um, now, if, if let's let's pick up on the good things. Before we before we really start letting rip, <laughs> we've already we've already talked about that. Any scene with Bernard, Bernard Cribbins, Cribbins. And, the, and that's and, the a, and that's a pretty sad indictment, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much here. Like the the Naismiths aren't needed in the second part. No. So well, why the hell did you even introduce them in the first part? Yeah, completely yeah. redundant. Yeah. Uh, the Vinvocci were just a plot device to get them out of that mansion. And then once he jumped out of the ship. That was that, it. That was it. Where did they go? Exactly. Yeah. I'm assuming you they they run away and Well did they give Cribbins a parachute and say good luck, mate, and then shoot off, or did they at least let him land? Never explained. And how how comes when Tom Baker falls off the Pharaoh's project yeah. onto grass, he regenerates. The tenth doctor <laughs> falls out of a spaceship <laughs> through glass onto a marble floor. floor. Yeah. Gets up, shakes himself off, and he's all right. 
Oh no, it, it was ridiculous, and it was sort of turning the Doctor into a superhero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is the Doctor is not a superhero at all, and, and I know they were, they were sort of trying to show the Doctor's uh, selfish side as well, um, yeah, yeah. With, with him acting like a spoilt brat. Uh, this this flavours all of Tenant's episodes for me now. Whenever I go yeah, back mm. and I watch a Tenant episode, all I hear is, I don't want to go. Yeah, I know. But it, it was all that, that all that uh, shouting and, oh, it's not fair, like, you know, like a, a five-year-old who, who's yeah. been sent to bed early. You know, and, and all that, oh, I could have done so much more and all that. And and then, I, quick, get out. It's <laughs> yeah, it was just... It was, it was you know, this long bit of him running, walking around, moaning that he's going to die. And then... Within seconds, it's like, oh, better get out, Wolf, because he's gonna die. you're gonna die otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, must apologise to the people listening. There's a, a bit of a sound problem with um, Paul's link there, but hopefully it might come out okay on the recording. So, but we'll apologise anyway. I've said this before, haven't I? Well, I said I'll apologise to the sound. There's nothing wrong on the recording, so <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, I, I, I just thought it was completely out of character. Yeah, totally. Completely out of character. I just thought, where, where, why, why, where has this come from? Why, why have you done this? I just, couldn't... I can understand him being angry, but yeah, just carrying on the way he did was, it was, it was uncharacteristic. It was, and I thought it was just a bit of a bit, well, disrespectful to the character, really. Yeah, to the character and to the actor, really. Yeah, um, and poor old Wilf. You know, just yeah. sort of. Um, but again, even even like again, it sort of it did sort of save the scene where he was just sort of like he just going, "You well, I'm an old man. I've had my time. That just leave me." Yeah, yeah. You know, um, which was probably he was the more selfless character than the than the Doctor. Yeah, I mean, there was one point where I thought the Doctor was going to go, "Yeah, all right, see ya." Yeah, <laughs> I really, yeah, I really did. <laughs> well, as his character had had gone on through. Basically, uh, the specials. It would have been more in character for him to have just gone, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would have done. Oh dear. I mean, Tennant should have really gone at the end of Waters of Mars. He should have done. I think Adelaide Brooke should have shot him and then shot herself. It would have been more of a, um, a more of more of a fitting end, really. And you wouldn't have seen it coming. No. But instead, you get another one of these RTD big prophecy, yeah, things as well. Um, which, which I was getting sicker than come the end. I really was. And the thing that really didn't work well with me was the white dwarf star. Oh, well, we, we sort of mentioned this last week. How the hell did Claire Bloom's character get out of the time lock? And then again, they just chuck a diamond, at a hologram of the Earth. Yeah. And that, a and diamond that... that looks like it's from Hargos. <laughs> yes, Elizabeth Duke diamond <laughs> comes f- flying through the time vortex. Maybe that's how Hargos got started. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why they was both. That's why they was both so shocked to find it, wasn't it? Because it survived. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe... <laughs> Maybe that's the second one they chucked. But the first one founded Argos. <laughs> And the second, oh, sod it, we messed that one up. For a chuck another one in. <laughs> the second one's like Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> That's why the Doctor gra- gets up and grabs the gun, isn't it? It's kind of, it only got me a cheap map from Argos. <laughs> I'm leaving. That's my leaving present. So he didn't actually shoot the gateway, he just shot the Elizabeth Duke counter at Argos. <laughs> <laughs> well, who do you think that woman was, Claire Berber? Well, I... I think it was so messed up by the fact that they just didn't even attempt to explain it. I don't know. I thought that um, was actually one of the the better decisions from this was not to try and yeah. But the, but then he went and spoiled it by saying, "Well, no, it's the doctor's mother," which is absolute crap. To be well, honest, yeah. I, I just thought that was awful. First of all, he said that he was leaving it open for future writers to come back to. Yeah, I kind of like that. But yeah. then he came out and said that's his mum. I thought, oh, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. actually, on the episode itself, not trying to explain it in the episode works. Yeah. It was, the only, it was about the only thing. Once you've done that, you just leave it. The same as you had in um, The God Complex, where they didn't try to explain what would be in the Doctor's room. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Which I, got, which I think is probably yet to come. I'll yeah, think I think one. we will get an answer about that yeah, one. Yeah, I think yeah, so. I'd, I'd hope not, actually. I quite like that just to be left at that but can we talk about that instead yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, well the other, the other rumours were yeah it's Romana which yeah. which would have made a bit more sense I suppose if you could sort of try and make any sense out of this um, but then there was also people saying it was Donna because it was sort of signposted right at the very end when, when Will Fast starts who was that woman and he looked straight past them at Donna. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Don- like an older Donna. Yeah. I mean, there was all this speculation at the time that it was Ace. Now, that would that would have been brilliant, actually. Yeah, yeah. But I guess if they'd brought back Sophie Aldred to play the character, people would have guessed it straight away. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, yeah, I just... But it, just, it was just so many things... Okay, you could say, yeah, that was probably left... Best left unexplained, but... Mm. How these things broke out of this time lock was ridiculous. Yeah, the whole time lock itself was ridiculous. Yeah, because I was trying to, I was trying to, because um, we sort of mentioned this last week with Timothy Dalton's voiceover. Oh Christ! Um, exactly what point was this supposed to be happening? Because in part two, they're talking about how the Doctor's about to blow up Gallifrey and Scarrow. Yeah. So I'm assuming this is all happening during the Time War. So, but there's this is the thing. Surely um, it would have been... I'm trying, still trying to fit the whole time lock thing. Was it time locked? I suppose you're supposed to assume it was time locked during the Time War. Yeah. But then I thought... No, because if not, if they knew it was coming, then they'd just all jump off in their TARDISes, wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, I'd... Um... I don't know. It just didn't make a hell of a lot of sense to me, to be honest. It just seemed a bit very, very garbled. Yeah, yeah, very garbled. Um, and then you got like um, now a lot of people slagged off the fact that he brought back Rassilon. I didn't mind that. It was just the fact that he was so underused. Yeah, and it's a throwaway line at the end of the episode that he was Rassilon. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, yeah. that that seemed to be particularly an R.T. Davies thing. If you know to, to actually. To make it as grand as you can, then obviously the leader of the Time Lords would then be Brassalon. Mm. She'd always be upping it that to the to the highest level you can do, and that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, they were so desperate they will sort of bring back their sort of or their, yeah, basically their their sort of creator, as it were, or the Time Lord Society, um, but. I can't remember if Rastlin was supposed to be some sort of power-mad Time Lord, though. I think he was. So try to remember back to the fifth to the five Doctors. Yeah, I mean there was stuff. There was stuff in that, wasn't there, about the that Rastlin's history was airbrushed out. Yeah, and the fact that the um, the zone, the wars. That war zone area and whatever was created by him. So obviously he was keen on well, seeing. I, well, I just thought he was more destruction keen, and. Well, I just thought it was more keen on rooting out the bad tunnels because when they they did reach their prize, basically the immortality was well, you're going to be encased, um, basically like alive in in my tomb. Yeah, yeah, in the paving slab. Yeah, love a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Forever giving wrestling on blowjobs, but. <laughs> <laughs> Fishment master, <laughs> but yeah, it just um, but that seemed to be like all wrestling was sort of trying to wheedle out the the power crazed time lords there, and then and then come the end in well, the end by, of time, the time, he was his, a power crazed time lord, you know. By the, by the time of his tomb, but there was just there was stuff, wasn't there? Supposed to be there was hinted at stuff in the five doctors that Rassilon wasn't actually a very nice person. Mm. Well, we all know, uh, and one of the reasons to... why he was. Entombed there, yeah, yeah, was because of the 
He's lust lust for power, I suppose you say. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. immortality. Uh, well, oh well, maybe that's. Uh, maybe I, I must have missed something. In the five dots. I just thought he was sort of trying to. Sort of, yeah, you can have your prize, but there's a catch sort of thing. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, it was the James Bond, actually, if you wrestle on it, it was the James Bond villain dispatching of the the dissenting person around the table. That was <laughs> yes, it was, wasn't it? Does this mean that James Bond was a Time Lord? <laughs> it could be. Maybe well, that's re- why he regenerates. That's <laughs> it. I just thought Timothy Dalton was just underused, because he's, a, he's a, a bloody good actor. Yeah, yeah. And yes, the fact that they underused him as well. Yeah. And they underused the character. It was, it was just like, well, why have Timothy Dalton? It's it's the same as in the latest Christmas special. Why have Bill Bailey and Anna, Anna Brilla Wera if you're not going to do anything with them? Yeah, they're in it for all of five minutes. Yeah, yeah. And that was it. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. I don't know. It just sort of. It just sort of. It was that just that cameo. It was like the star. We've got Timothy Dalton. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. almost why they they had him doing the voiceovers, almost, isn't it? It's like, well, actually, we have, we're not using him a lot, so let's give him something else to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a, such a shame, such a shame. The other um, thing as well, it's I'm, I'm okay. You might think I'm really nitpicking here, but I just thought the um, the Time Lords costumes looked really cheap. And yeah, think, they did, and look, and they looked cheaper than they did in the nineteen seventies. There, there was a war on. <laughs> yeah, there was a war on. <laughs> they couldn't even afford ink in the pens. That's it. <laughs> well, it, it just that when when they showed that clip from uh, Sound of Drums, when they when they showed the master as a child looking into the time vortex. If you looked at the tunnels costumes, there they looked absolutely fantastic. And it did hark back to the the ones from the seventies. Looked very ornate and decorative, and they looked really, really good. And you and you come forward to this episode, and it was just like cheap red felt, <laughs> and it just it just looked awful. But they all looked the and each tunnel their outfit was slightly different in the in the original yeah. series, and also in um, that little brief bit from Sound of Drums. But you get to this all Boris wearing identical outfits. Like and it, Paul said, there was a war on. Oh well, it's, it's everyone a, was you can't get the delivery trucks through the time. <laughs> That's true. No, it, it just it just oh no, this is um, crap. <laughs> and that, the other thing as well, when they get uh, dragged through by the master onto present day Earth, um, yeah. Why would they bring now? One of them being the Doctor's mothers, we're, we're led to now led to believe. Why would they drag through the two? People that, Senting. yeah, the two dissenters basically who, who voted against. Yeah, exactly. I remember somebody like on the forums was going, "Oh, that's Matt Smith. Look at the hair. Look at the hair." <laughs> and everyone, because you know, there was one that had like their face covered. Yeah, and he's got sort of the emo hair that Matt Smith's got, and everybody's mm. going, "That's Matt Smith. That's Matt Smith." Oh, he's going to be a future version of the Doctor that's time locked. Oh God. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they, maybe they're right. Who knows? Who knows? I'm now trying to get back on the side of the fans. I slagged off earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love them all. <laughs> God bless them. No, it's um. Yeah, I just can't understand why why sort of drag them all the way through. It's just <laughs> yeah. It was just for that the scene where um, the Doctor would recognise her, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was the only reason you'd bring them. Yeah. But sure, you would have thought after all that time, the doctor would have gone, Mum! Any, yeah, any, yeah, exactly. Any, you know, anything. Um, or try to at least save her. Yeah. Or even just nod in her direction. Just sort of looked at her. With, <laughs> it was all very, very tearful at the end, wasn't it? And it's, right, well, mouse dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, now the whole thing... Obviously, the other thing that sort of got fans um, up in arms as well was the whole thing with the with the sound of drums in the master's head, yeah, which were now led to believe had been from childhood all the way. And basically, they're saying that those drums were beaten in Delgado's head and Ainley's head and Eric Pe- Roberts, uh, uh, Eric Roberts, Peter Pratt, Jeffrey Beavers, um, who was that? Gordon Tipple, Gordon Tipple, yeah. Apparently, it was it was all beating. In in their minds, um, I don't think so. No, no. 
There's no way Dalton had uh, Dalton? Dalton Delgado had this going on. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, actually, the, speaking of the master, when he was a, a child, there was one thing that I just sort of um, I sort of picked up when I was watching this, and I, I didn't pick it up from sound of drums at all. It was the outfit he was wearing. Um, it was reminiscent of the outfits the Time Lords wore in um, the final Troughton story. Mm. Uh, War Games. Yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, they looked like that. I just, I suddenly realised that while I was watching it last night. I thought that looks very, very similar. And I thought, oh, no, Christ, it is. It's, it's almost the same bloody costume, which I thought was a nice little nod to the past, actually. But, uh, but that was that was it, really. That was the only good thing I could get out of that. <laughs> the, the rest of it was just. Um, the only good thing you crap. can get is it reminded you of a better episode. It did, yes. It reminded me of Doctor Who of old. Oh dear, and I'm quite sure that's not what they intended. I <laughs> oh, really. Um, the other the other thing as well, and I I I, can't remember, I, I tweeted someone a, a long long time ago about this. It was the sound effects they used for the Vin Vochi's, um spaceship, mm. and the sound of the rocket sound effects they used were ripped off of um, the Jetsons, <laughs> the old Hanna Barbera cartoon. It's the, it's, oh, the, wow. it's the identical sound effect. And I don't know if that was intentional or they just had like it was in the sound effects in the public domain and they just sort of right, we'll have yeah, that probably. one. But it just, now every time I watch it now, I just I think of the Jetsons. <laughs> but <laughs> but, but um, yeah, Paul, you, it sounds like you it sounds like you had something to say. No, not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just wish we could find some some more good to say about it. I, I I hate sitting down just slagging something off, but I have to say, actually, watching it again today, it it wasn't quite as bad as I remembered it, which obviously says how much I hated it at the time. <laughs> what I said last, I said about the first episode. Mm. My memory seemed to be that the first episode wasn't too bad until you had the master replicating himself. Oh, awful! Right, yeah, and, right. And, and then the second episode was pretty awful. And then, when watching the first episode last week, I thought, "No, this is really awful." So, how <laughs> bad is the second episode? Watch the second episode. I don't think the second episode now was as bad as the first episode. So, I don't know where my brain's going with that one. Hmm. Just go back yeah. and watch Waters of Mars. All will be well. Exactly. Yeah. Wash the taste away, won't it? It's... <laughs> no, it's, it's. I mean, you are right. It's not as bad as the first episode. But it's still not, it's still not a good episode. No, no, not not by not by a long shot. Um, just trying to think if I've sort of forgotten any um, anything I was gonna I was gonna say. Really. Oh, the other thing, there was lots of um, other sort of. Did they did they say there was something like the budget for these two? I think they were, yeah. Because there was a lot of. Um, Sort of reused effects as well, especially when when they're in the spaceship and they're shooting down the missiles. Yeah, the same bit of footage of the same explosion was used about four or five times, and it just it just it just looked really really cheap. I know I know it's been really picky, but that's just the sort of thing I always sort of pick up on. Talking about the Phantom Menace, you do get a feeling that they were hid. Russell T. Davis had been watching the Star Wars films before this. Oh, definitely. Oh, well, the, you mean the Council of Time Lords? Yeah, and it's then like, the yeah. the shooting of the Wolf and. Well, you even actually going into the. Well, you even had, bit yeah, to shoot stuff. except you had Wolf climbing down a ladder to get to it, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> like Luke Skywalker. It was just <laughs> tangentially. Last night I was watching on YouTube. Um, somebody's done a Doctor Who Star Wars mix-up thing. All right, yeah. And there is a bit where Timothy Dalton's giving the speech and somebody CGI'd him into the Senate in Star Wars. <laughs> in the Phantom Menace. And it, it actually looked quite good. Oh, I like the sound of that. I've looked that one up. That sounds but really yeah, good, I mean, actually. Sorry. No, go um, on, go on, yeah. Going back to what we were saying about the end with the regeneration and him going around seeing all the companions. Mm. When Matt Smith was in the Sarah Jane Adventures... He yeah. said to Joe Grant that in his last life he went back and saw all of you. He did. You're right. He did. Yes. So that means the 20 minute regeneration we saw was actually about four hours. <laughs> that's uh, 
Now that that's the, I know I know um, people got a bit angry at that, didn't they? So how yeah. you know how can he stave off regeneration for that long? If you think back to the case of Androzani, yeah, a whole episode. Yeah, because he was re- basically the Doctor had started to regenerate when he was piloting the ship. Yeah, yeah, and he just sort of shook it off, didn't he? Um, and people just tend to either it's just the new <clears throat> fans don't haven't seen that, or it's the old fans have just forgotten that bit. Well, at the time, I hadn't seen Keizo Androzani. Oh, and right, thought, okay. How can he starve off a regeneration like that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, after I saw the case of Androzani, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it is, it is possible. But yeah, I mean, um, going around to see each, each and every companion was... Uh, actually, that bit when he goes back to see... Because I forgot he goes back to see Sarah Jane. And I think, yeah. that, and I think that's probably the best goodbye out of all of them. Yeah, I would have kept that in. I yeah. would have kept um, the Donna bit in. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been about it. That was it, yeah. Because it, it him, was... him pimping for Jack as well was quite. <laughs> yes, I've forgotten yes. about that. I've forgotten about that bit as well. Yeah, but saying that, I do love the look that Jack gives that little adipose when it falls off the bar. Yeah, because he just sort of look, looks and then sort of looks over the peers over the bar to see where it's falling. I did like that. Yeah, that that's a good. nice little look. But yeah, yeah, it was. It wasn't needed. No, it We've wasn't. We've got another Star Wars cantina scene there as well, haven't we? <laughs> yes, we did, yeah. <laughs> I think the reason why he did that is because Russell Tovey was meant to be in Miracle Day or something. Oh, right, okay. I think I read somewhere he he was meant to be in it, but his contract with being human or something uh, meant he couldn't go. But there was some dispute as to why he couldn't do it. He was busy. Um, but yeah, apparently that scene was put in to explain how Jack got back to Earth. Oh, I see. Ah, okay, okay. So, I didn't know. I didn't know that at all. Still, we didn't need that. They we didn't need it. Yeah, it's a Miracle Day that would have explained that. Yeah, precisely. Um, no, did we need more Miracle Day? I was going to say because Miracle Day explained everything very well, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Need about another twenty-six episodes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, um, I think just that that look that Sarah Jane gives the Doctor. That it, it didn't need any dialogue. The way it was done, it was, it was, it was. I thought that was that bit was brilliant. That was brilliant. Yeah. But then, yeah, they tried to recreate it with Mickey and Martha because they hug each other. Yeah. Like they knew, and I thought, well, how would you know? Yeah. Sarah Jane, you can understand. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the fact that you wouldn't go over and speak to her would would tell her that. Yeah, something was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Now the other thing, this whole four knocks. Thing that the, you know, the, the the prophecy finally coming true. I must admit, when I watched it at the time back in two thousand and nine, I honestly didn't think it would be Wilf, and that did I, and that did surprise me. I didn't think it was Wilf until he walked in the radiation chamber, mm. and then I thought, yeah, it's going to be Wilf. As soon as Wilfred walks in to let that guy out, yeah, that's when I thought it's going to be Wilf. But before that, I always thought it was going to be the Master. I did. Yeah, definitely. Which that's another positive side, I guess. You didn't realise until right at the moment that it was going to be Wilf. I've got to say though, if you're Wilf, that's, that was a bit mean, wasn't it? Really, because he knew what the prophecy was. You yeah, that's true. knock yeah. four times. <laughs> yeah, he still does it. Yeah, you're right. He just does it anyway, doesn't he? <laughs> You'd do three or five, wouldn't you? At least? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess at that point he wasn't thinking. I suppose not. I suppose not. But yeah, it, it was it was sort of quite of a, a, a sort of a bit of sweet twist for that character really because the the character of Wilf was quite a sweet character. Was yeah, and then he's the one responsible for the Doctor. What he thought the Doctor was going to die. Mm. Um, it was it was it was a bit of a cruel a cruel twist, but it was this. Um, but I again, suppose it was quite it was t- totally in character that he'd go into the booth to release somebody else. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. yeah, definitely, yeah. So, but the thing is, we we've had all this. There was a lot of things happened at the end of this episode we've had before, and it was it was like RTD by numbers. Um, your planets in the sky, over Earth again, you know. Check um, another character who's and, and consider we only just had this in series four. The whole thing with there was a reason for Donna 
being there and, and you know the Doctor Donna thing, and then you had this, exactly the same thing happening with Wilf, you know, destiny bringing them together. Yeah, yeah. You know, it did seem, I sorry. I was going to say it just seemed a bit a bit lazy. Yeah, I used to really defend Russell T Davis when people slagged him off before End of Time. Yeah, and as soon as the End of Time hit, I was like, yeah, they're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It. I think at that point, I think it was probably the right time for him to move on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because mm, I think they. No, I think probably yeah, one year too late, probably. <laughs> Pro- mm. If we could have just got Walters and Miles out of that, that would have been fine. Well, he didn't write that though, did he? No, he did with no. Phil Ford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, and that wasn't a. Actually, none of the scripts were actually solo efforts because Russell T. Davis. Um, I don't know if Stephen Moffat does the same thing, but he used to rewrite a lot of the script, didn't he? Yeah, well, that's what the showrunner does. Yeah. So, and I've actually heard that Neil Gaiman actually only wrote fifteen pages of The Doctor's Wife. Really? Yeah, he kept writing it in novel form. Ah, okay. And um, Stephen Moffat kept saying, well, where's our script, where's our script? And he kept bringing it, like, he was writing a novel instead of a TV episode. I'd like to read that novel, actually. <laughs> so, like, and I've also heard mm-hmm. that Richard Curtis only wrote a couple of pages of Vincent and the Doctor, and Moffat wrote the rest. Hmm. Because That's at the time... Yeah. At the time that um, he was commissioned to write the episode, yeah. Richard Curtis's sister actually committed suicide. Oh no! Oh, that's a that's a, a bit of a bittersweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you think he's not going to want to write an episode about a guy who kills himself after his sister's just committed suicide? Oh dear. Because it, it was a it was a, a typical. I know we're going completely off topic here, but it was a completely typical Richard Curtis script, though. If I mean, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, fair play to to Stephen Moffat if he did actually write well, the, yeah, the majority I, of it. I'm just saying this is what I heard. This is yeah. just fan hearsay. Um, because it is it is a typical very sentimental and 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 so forth. Because he he does get. I mean, have you, have you ever seen Love Actually? Yeah, which yeah. I hate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, again, it's all very very sort of sloppy and sentimental at the end. So yeah, it, that, that maybe, maybe that's only two pages he wrote. Then, if that if that um, well, that's rumor is true, it's yeah, probably not true. Yeah, but um, um, now of course we get to the um, actually. Before I move on, I thought it would have been better when the Doctor or David Tennant absorbs all the radiation. He curls up into a ball. I think it would have been better if he had just woken up as Matt Smith. I there's a moment where he gets up and he's got his hand over his face. Yeah. And his hair looks a bit like Matt Smith's. And I actually thought, oh, this is bold. Yeah. They've regenerated him in that booth. And I think that would have worked better. It would have. Because it would have been a shock. Yeah, yeah. And the way he stands up really slowly as well. Yeah. It's like you think he's going to turn around to be Matt Smith. Yeah. So, so, so many. I just seem to think the whole end of time. Was just like a big missed opportunity. Mm. It, just a, it is, yeah, a big disappointment. Um, now, of course, we get the um, obviously the regeneration right at the very end. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I did think was quite well done. Yeah, I didn't mind that um, until the I, I don't want to go bit. Yeah, I know, I know. If that scene had just taken place in silence with that music yeah. and him regenerating with the same facial expressions and everything, I, I'd i have been quite happy. Yeah. And it would have worked. And they did four different versions, didn't they, of that? They did, yeah. They, they did, were... yeah. It was always him and saying, think... I don't want to go. Yeah. But, yeah. And David Tennant chose that one because he thought it made him look less like an arsehole. <laughs> Because one of them, it, it was basically in floods of tears, wasn't he? Yeah, so, yeah. Like, I don't want to go. It was all, you know, again, that spoiled child thing again, wasn't it? But, um, yeah, that that would have been over the top. I mean, definitely. if it, this was the best one of the four takes. <laughs> yeah, that is on the, the confidential, isn't it? The yeah, four, yeah. The four yeah. takes, I, I, which I must admit I haven't, I haven't watched since. I haven't. I might do tonight, though. Yeah. I mean, it would have 
you could have said it could have got if if it just been totally an underplayed line. Yeah. You know, it might have worked. It was just actually was the fact that it was emotional. Mm. I think if it had just been almost done as a a throwaway line. You know, even if it had happened when he'd gone back to see Sarah Jane, if there'd been another character there, I could have dealt with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, you... if another character said, how are you? And he went, I don't want to go, and then regenerated. Yeah, it would have made... Yeah, that would have worked a lot better. A lot yeah, better. Yeah. yeah. And um... I must admit that when he went to see Jack, I thought Jack was going to be in it with Matt Smith. All right, okay. Released an episode because I think because after the special, didn't we have like a year before Matt Smith episode before he was in it properly, or was it a couple of months? Uh, it was only a couple no. of months, wasn't it? Oh, it was only yeah, yeah. Christmas to the following. Oh, it was a year April, before wasn't him it? being announced and him being in it. That's yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I thought that maybe they were because it was a whole new production team and a whole new bunch of characters. I thought they would have brought like Jack in it. Mm. to bridge the gap for like the audience but it didn't happen well I, th- I think the way the 11th hour worked out yeah the 11th Brilliant. hour was fantastic, fantastic. it yeah. was quite brave to do that wasn't it not to try and give him any well there, um, was, there was no bridge at all was there yeah there wasn't yeah. No. none whatsoever um, but I think the thing um, when, when Matt Smith he, he does regenerate into Matt Smith um I don't know about you two, but I, I immediately liked the Eleventh Doctor. Now a lot of people just sort of went, "Oh, he's going to, oh, he's got arms, he's got legs." Oh, shut up! And I just thought, it, I just thought it, it set the character up nicely. Yeah, yeah. the second we, I saw him, I knew we were in good hands. Yeah, exactly. She sort of worried about how he was going to be, didn't you? I think that was probably the more worrying thing watching this episode for the first time. Yeah, was how was Matt Smith's going to first. First appearance going to be? Hmm. Oh no, I thought it, it worked. It worked out brilliantly, absolutely brilliantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, it, the whole regeneration. Thing, it was. I liked it, but it was, as you say, it was overblown with you know with the music and all that. Um, and the Tardis destroying and yeah. Well, I think Moffat requested that because he wanted a new Tardis. Yeah. So. I don't know. Did that happen because he held out the regeneration for so long? Well, that that was sort of fan theory, wasn't it? It was it was um, like it was a, a violent regeneration. Yeah. Which all destroyed the TARDIS in the in the process, but. Well, again, a good job. He wasn't around any other characters. He wasn't then. really. Yeah. <laughs> sort of burnt them alive or something. But, <laughs> yeah, it was because um, Moffat yeah, was, was there, wasn't he, for the. Yeah, that, that's Smith yeah. sense. Yeah, uh, Davis wrote up to the "I don't want to go," but then as soon as he regenerates into Matt Smith, Stephen Moffat wrote that bit. Now that that looked really. Um, I mean, that's the only bit I can remember from um, from Confidential. It was the bit when Matt Smith walks in wearing. He has to walk through all the crew. Yeah, yeah. To get to yeah. the set in David Tennant's costume, and literally David Tennant walks off. He walks on, and then Russell T. Davis gets out the chair. And Stephen Moffat then sits in it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. It looked really. It must have been strange for the people working on it. And consider, it was literally and one that, crew in, one crew out. It was, and that wasn't even the final scene, though, was it? Because no. the, the final scene they actually shot for that episode was David Tennant being suspended on wires on the green screen. Yeah, for yeah. He's crashing. For, for, yeah. The, actually, the last thing he recorded as the Doctor was when he was in Sarah Jane. Yeah, what was his final line? Was it come along spit spot or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was his final line recorded. So um Yeah, it just it was just a bit of um just a big disappointment. But it was just sort of I thought the introduction of Matt Smith was, was great. Um, that was handled well, yeah. It was handled well and he, he did come across as that madman in a box, didn't he? And did you see the bit where um a bit of the, the set goes in his mouth? And he spits it out. Spits it out, yeah. And that was because they couldn't afford to retake because the thing was falling down. <laughs> well, I suppose once you've blown it up, that you, there's no going back, really, is it? Yeah. So you just had to spill it out and carry on. I, th- I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought, I'm sort of glad they didn't sort of try to sort of kick that bit out. I thought that, that was really good. Really good. 
It's the, only thing I, the only thing I've heard of Matt Smith is the fact when you watch that the regeneration bit and that, and you thought, "Oh God, are we going to be fed up with him saying Geronimo by the end?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the fifth saw, series. And in the trailer, they sort of played Geronimo a lot, didn't they? They did. Yeah. yeah. I think he actually only said it twice. Yeah. Yeah, I think the next next time I can remember it was probably the. Um, Beast below. Beast below, yeah. Yeah. Was that Moffat having a dig at RTD for Alonzi? I think it probably was. I don't know if it's a, a, like, I don't know a dig or just like a playful jibe, yeah. really. They are friends. Yeah. So. yeah. 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 And whether it just was, yeah, it was knowingly to make people think, oh, this is it. This is what we're going to have now. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Now, as uh, you know, this was Tennant's final story. Um, do you think this was the right time for him to leave the role, or do you think it would have been good to see him do, do at least one season under Moffat? Well, apparently he was tempted to stay on, and then he hmm. saw the scripts for Series Five and said, "Oh, they're not for me." All right, and went. Um, he gave in his resignation, and the BBC asked him to reconsider. Yeah. And he said, right, if you can get me the scripts, I'll, I'll look at them. Mm. And then after he saw the scripts, he decided to go. Mm, I wonder what made him decide not to, not to go for it. I don't know, but I guess the scripts would have been Perhaps very they showed him victory of the Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> that could be it. That might have been the only one they had written. <laughs> the thing is, though, the victory of the Daleks is the way it's some of the lines that Matt Smith says is almost if it was written for the Tenth Doctor. Well, yeah, at the time, I mean, if you go back and watch Series 2 with David Tennant, a lot of it's written for Eccleston, because yeah. the writers at the time don't know how the actor's going to play the part. Yeah, that's right. That's why if you look at Victory of the Daleks, he's always flailing his arms around and kicking and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's because Gatiss asked Moffat when he was writing the episode, oh, what's this Doctor going to be like? And he said, oh, I think he's going to be very Pertwee. Oh, okay. And that, that's why in that episode he's flailing his arms around a lot. Because it's just that line that is out of character for, um, which I think is out of character for the Lemph Doctor, is the mm. the bit when the Spitfires are attacking the Dalek ship. Yeah, yeah. And it said, oh, oh, he said, oh, it's something along the, oh, come on, Wing Commander, you beauty. Yeah, that's yeah. That's a Tenth Doctor line. Yeah, yeah. You but, know, you know, I mean, now they're writing for the Eleventh Doctor. Yeah. And it'll be the same way when Matt Smith leaves the Twelfth Doctor. Yes, or, exactly. It will know. be. It will be. Um, but let's hope he sticks around for a... Oh, I hope he's here. I hope he beats Tom Baker's record. I hope he does. <laughs> I hope he does. Because I think he's he's probably my sort of my 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 second favourite doctor at the moment. My, my, my favourite is Pertwee. So, um, but Matt Smith's right up there though. Right yeah, up there. Yeah, definitely. Okay, chats. Well, have we have we got anything else to add to this? Not really. No. no, I think that's it. I think I think we're so that's it. We're we're done with the 2009 specials. Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though, the box set is a thing of beauty. What the, like the actual the box set of the specials? Um, the way it's packaged, it, it just looks magnificent. How's that? Because I have got a box set. Of them. I, I've got one that opens about 50 times because it's in a box, in a box, in a box. Oh, no, my, mine's just two DVDs in a cardboard sleeve. Okay, hello, mate. Okay, I'll be there in a minute. Okay. Sorry, guys. That's all right. Star Wars Yoko. Star Wars Yoko. All right, I'll be there in a minute. I'm going to tell you. Are you... Oh. Is it, oh, this, this is Star Wars Lego on the PS2 you tweeted earlier. Yeah, yeah, he wants to play it again. Oh, I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up then, shall we, mate? Yeah, I think that's probably wise. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good time to wrap up. I'm down. All right. <laughs> okay. Thanks for having me on, guys. Okay, thanks a lot, Martin. All right, no problem. I'll speak to you later. Cheers, mate. Oh. Bye-bye. Right, bye. Bye. Okay. And then, okay, well, we'll, we'll say goodbye to Martin. <laughs> yes. Yes, we had a fourth presenter online there. That was that was his son, Aidan, if you, you couldn't guess. Um, it wasn't Tony joining No, us. it wasn't Tony, no. <laughs> no, so, um, yes, that's it. We, we've wrapped up the 2009 specials. 
Yes. Um, so thank you to Martin for uh, for joining us today. Thank you very yes. much. Thank you. Welcome, welcome anytime, mate. Anytime. Um, so um, now next week, where it's all our commentary time again, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Now it's um, well, it's customary now, Paul. You do the announcement of what we're doing next. Right. Well, our audio commentary for this month is going to be Day of the Daleks. Yes. Which I'm very much looking forward to. Yes, very much so am I. To. Yes. Now, um, we were debating which version to do. Um, we're going to be doing the original version. Yes. Yeah, not, 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 the, uh, not the special edition. Um, so we're, we're keeping it there for, for all you purists out there. Although the special edition is fantastic, by the way. Yes. It is a fantastic DVD. And if you haven't bought it, I'd seriously suggest you do so. It's yes. well worth the money. It is brilliant. Yes. And then listen, watch it while you're listening to our commentary. Yes. <laughs> to cool. ruin it for yourself. Good plug, Paul. <laughs> Good plug. Brilliant. Okay. Well, hopefully next next week's will be a bit more upbeat. <laughs> yes. We won't. Um, we won't. Um, we won't be slagging it off. No. It's just the end of time part two isn't great whatsoever. So, but we're done with that now. We we can move forward. Yes. That's the plan. We can move forward. Yes. Um, but we'll, we'll announce that next week, what, we're, what yeah. we're going to be doing next. Yeah. <laughs> Once we've decided. Once we've decided, indeed. So, um, for another week then, um, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Listen to the Who's Eat podcast, a proud member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at the show, please drop us an email at feedback at who's-he.co.uk and please also visit our website, which is at www.who's-he.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. <laughs>